I got to start preaching. I got 22 minutes. So you ready? See here recently, God, and, and I don't say recently, but I've always had such a hunger for God's word, but there is a rekindling in my heart because there is a greater need than ever before for God's people to hear his word. I don't know about you, but I can sense we're not in Kansas anymore, right? The, the uh, Things have changed in the world and there's been so much self-help and psychological advice given from the platforms these days that it, no wonder things aren't exactly going uh, in the right direction. And so I just feel such a need to bathe and bathe our church in prayer to just feed you the word of God. And, and so when, when, if, if you're like, man, he wanted to get that over with. Yeah, I got to feed you guys. I got to feed guys. I got seven points for you. You ready? You ready? All right. We've been talking about, um, the vision that, that John saw in Revelation four and Ezekiel one. Now, Two different men see the same vision, and the vision was was uh, quite complicated. But we've we've boiled it down to this nice, simple configuration. There are four creatures or four angelic beings, and each of them have four faces. And these are the four faces: the man, the ox, the eagle, the lion. They are led by two wheel, or, or I should say, by a wheel within a wheel. Meaning, if it was one wheel, they could only go in one direction. But if there's more than one wheel, or wheel within a wheel, sounds like what Ezekiel is describing is a sphere. And that's why the Bible says very clearly, this unit or this formation doesn't ever pivot. It just always moves forward. And if it's moving that direction, then the eagle is facing forward. If it's moving this direction, then the man is facing forward. Does that make sense? We've said that these are the four facets of God's church. God's church. And we said the, 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 the ox represents service. Service is an act coupled with an attitude. Worship is an attitude of abandonment. So they share the attitude, don't they? But then as you go from worship to prayer, you see that worship has a, a, a facet of warfare. And so you have the abandonment that starts to advance. And that's where you go into what? Into worship. I mean, into prayer. And the lion represents prayer. And it really, it means advancement. It means taking ground, advancing the kingdom, pushing things forward. And, and do you realize that if you're going to advance in life, you're going to have to do it in prayer first. So many times we try to take ground in the physical before we claim it in the spiritual. And the way it works is you have to pray for that ground before God gives it to you. Do you realize that before we could start this church... God led us to pray for two years, for, two and a, for, for an hour and a half to two hours every morning we would pray. I was joined for years by my good friend, or for months, my good friend, Judge Ronnie McDonald, and we'd go in there and we'd pray, and Judge and I would pray, and he knew that God was stirring up a ministry for, for Pastor Melissa and I, and so I can remember first founding the church, and it was, it was in prayer. 
We're here because of prayer. Do you realize that we prayed for this ground for six years before we took it in the physical? You have to take things in the spiritual before. See, some people try to work on their marriage only in the physical when it's in prayer before you get the physical. And this is why, come on now, yes. What I want to share with you is this. God is going to have you advance the kingdom and advance whatever he is putting on your heart in prayer. And then he gives you harvest in the physical. Now, next week, we'll talk about the soul harvest of the gospel of grace. The gospel of grace. But if a church wants to participate in the harvest, they have to pray for it. Amen. And so today I want to tell you that effective prayer, to be effective in our prayers, they must be directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Write that down. If you want effective prayer, it has to be by the Holy Spirit. He's going to direct your prayers. That means you don't just decide whatever you want to pray. You pray according to the Spirit. You pray according to the Spirit. Now watch this. The Spirit, the Spirit of God will lead you based on God's Word. And He will direct and empower your prayers based on the Word of God. Because this is how the Spirit works. Now I want to share something with you about prayer. Prayer is advancement. But that advancement's a nice way of saying war. It's warfare. It's used in warfare. Now, I know for some of us, you're going, yeah, pastor, I don't know if I like that. I kind of subscribe to Elvis's point of view. Elvis had a song once that said, what? Life is a what? A play and each must play a part, right? I kind of like that. I don't care what Elvis said. I'm going to tell you what the Apostle Paul said. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in the book of Ephesians. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Amen? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Watch this. Put on the full armor of God uh, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Put on the full armor of God so that if the day of evil comes, come on, stay with me on this. If the day of evil comes, no, check it out. When the day of evil comes means it's coming. It's not a matter of maybe I'll miss it. No, it's coming. And this is why I told you, it, you know, we can have all sorts of word pictures of what life is. Oh, life is a game. Life is a competition. Life is a role. Life is a movie. Life is a drama. Life is, no, life is warfare. Now, I know we don't like this, and the Bible shows us that this is hard for us. There's a, there's a passage you may have never read before. But I, I want to take you to it. It's in the book of, of Exodus. And in Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, the Bible makes something super, super clear that's, that's quite remarkable. Watch this. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them through what? Philistine. Even though it was so much shorter. So there's a direct route, but God took them the long way. Why? They would see war, they would experience war, and they would be afraid and want to go back. 
So this tells us that we as humans have a natural, natural aversion to war. Isn't that true? Now, how many of you have figured this out the hard way? How many of you have had the, the, the devil on you like a duck on a June bug and, and have learned it's no fun? It is no fun because he doesn't fight fair. How many of you have had the devil try to kill you? I can ask that in any service and I'll have people raise their hands. He tried to kill me this way, this way, this way, this way. He tried to wreck my marriage. He tried to steal my children. Well, the Bible says in John 10, 10, the enemy comes to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. And that's called warfare. And so I'm not doing this to to harden your heart. I'm doing this to make you aware that you're in a war whether you like it or not. And if you don't show up in prayer, you're going to get pushed around. You've got to show up in prayer. Prayer is the key. I know it's hard for us, but watch. Let's go back to Ephesians 6, verse 17. So this is what Paul says. Be ready to stand your ground. So when the day of evil comes, you're ready. You have the the breastplate of what? Righteousness, the belt of truth, your, your, your feet ready with the gospel of peace and readiness. You've got the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation. And this is where we pick it up at the very end of that list. Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is what? The word of God. Remember, I told you to have effective prayer. It needs to be led and empowered by the Holy Spirit, directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will always use the word of God. This is how you know it's him. It's the word of God that he uses. Now watch this. And pray in the spirit on all occasions. Here's that point again. It's going to be by the spirit of the living God. Pray in the spirit on all occasions. Can we get an amen? Now I want to ask you a very pointed, serious question. This is designed to really get inside your heart. Do you pray on all occasions? Some of us worry on all occasions. Some of us stress on all occasions. Some of us get anxious on all occasions. But do we pray? Because the Bible says here, pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Why? Well, according to Peter, because the devil is like a roaring lion. He's like a roaring lion. The real lion is the lion of the tribe of Judah. His name is Jesus and he has overcome. He has overcome. Amen. He's like a roaring lion. He's waiting for you to be unaware. But if you're alert and always praying, then God will give you eyes to see and ears to hear. We'll talk more about this. We're going to unpack a lot of this. Pray also for me. And whenever that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Can I tell you one of the main reasons we pray is to advance the kingdom of God through the preaching of the gospel of grace. The gospel of grace is advanced when God's people pray. Do you realize how important your prayers are for your children? Because the enemy seeks to destroy the faith of your children, seeks to destroy the faith of your family, seeks to come against what God has promised you. And this is why we talk. I've I've shared with you that when Jesus was giving the parable of the sower, that the seed of life falls on different grounds. You go, but what's the seed of life? Well, the seed of life represents the word of God. And this is why I'll pray over you at communion time. I'll say, Lord, let the seed of life 
what fall on good soil take root and bear much fruit for your glory. But listen to what the parable says. The parable says that sometimes the seed falls and the birds of the air come and snatch that seed. Now I've shared with you a couple of sermons ago, the birds of the air is a word picture for what? Demonic forces. I can show you from God's word all over that these are demonic forces. So if you're not careful and covering your children, covering your family in prayer, covering our church in prayer, the word of God is being stolen by the enemy. And so we got to pray. And this is what Paul says, pray on all occasions. Number one, there's seven points. I got 20 minutes. I've done pretty good so far. I don't know if he increased my time. <laughs> Ben's going, yes, I've increased it. Okay, good, 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 good. I said, man, two minutes for that whole introduction? That's awesome. I, I am under, operating under the anointing here. <laughs> here we go. Um, seven points, and they're all found in the model prayer. Point number one is very simple. Point number one, your prayer should be personal. This is why it's not always wise to sit and repeat prayers that someone else wrote. Make your prayer personal. You say, but what if I say our fathers over and over and over, our fathers, our fathers. Why not take the our father, the model prayer, and see what Jesus was teaching and make it a personal prayer from your heart to his? How about that? And this is what God says right up front. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Now, when I read the Bible, I always play it like a motion picture. And so I can imagine. And by the way, um, there was a couple sitting here and, and they had this awesome sweatshirt of The Chosen. Have you seen that, that, that miniseries, The Chosen? If you haven't, you are missing out on the best thing that's hit the, the screen ever. It's the life of Jesus, and it is absolutely amazing. And so it helps me read the Bible even more clearly because I can only imagine Jesus does. He eats with his disciples. He plays with them. He ministers with them. He sleeps with them. He walks with them. They hang out and do ministry together. They do everything. But there's one thing that he goes off and he does, and that's prayer. And they watch him and they say, wait, we do everything together. But when he comes back, he comes back different. Teach us how to do that, Lord. And so Jesus starts off and says, okay, this is how you start. Father, come on. How many of you know God is not an impersonal God? He's not a force. He's not a cosmic force that you got to tap into. He's a personal God that you can know. You can know personal and he loves you personally. And the Bible says you can walk into his beautiful throne room and say, Father, Father, I need you. Do you realize that Paul echoes the same thought when he says the spirit you have received didn't make you a slave. It made you a son. This is what he says in Romans 8.15. It made you a son. It made you a daughter. And now you can cry out, dad, daddy, pops. How do you, how do you refer to a dad? I call my dad, dad. Hey, dad, how you doing? And you can go to God in such a personal way and make your petitions known. The, the Hebrew writer puts it this way. You can walk 
boldly into his throne room. Now I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine that that Isaiah saw Jesus high and lifted up sitting on the throne. And I I want you to imagine that that, he didn't even see the whole thing because the Bible says he was lying face down on the ground and he just got to see a glimpse. The whole robe, the train of his robe built the entire temple. There was splendor. There were angels flying back and forth. He's shown as bright as the morning sun. Now watch this. There's angels there guarding the throne. And so you get to come in and say, I need to speak to my dad. Can you imagine the angels that are guarding the throne? They go, a son's here. <laughs> Let him, he's, he's a son. And then the, the father gets to, he stops whatever he's doing. <laughs> and he says, have you met my son? Gabriel, have you met my son? Michael, have you met my daughter? Why am I using them? Because those are archangels. And he's saying, have you met my son? Have you met my daughter? You get to go before the throne of God. Come on, isn't that amazing? He's saying, for generations past, they couldn't get a hold of the father. If you read in the Old Testament, the father isn't showing up everywhere. Well, didn't he show up to, 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 um, to Moses? If you read carefully, it says the angel of the Lord. The messenger of the Lord, that's the, that was the son. To Hannah, the son. To Abraham, the son. To Daniel, the son. To the three in Daniel, inside the furnace, one like a son of man or a son of God, that was the son. The father is made available to us through Jesus. And so you can personally know the Father. Personally know the Father. Number two, praise. Make your prayers personal. Number two, praise. Do you know how powerful praise is? Listen to what Jesus says. Father, praise be your name. Holy be your name. Awesome be your name. Amazing be your name. He's saying, I want you to just lift up the name of God. I want you to praise the name of God. Do you realize you can pray, but if you haven't praised in your prayer, you haven't prayed. Because the model is you start off with directing him as your friend, as your father, as someone that you know, and then you praise him. And look at how powerful praise is. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15, the Bible says something that we've all heard before, but maybe you didn't remember exactly where you heard it from. What's in 2 Chronicles, watch this. Do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude. So what's happening? God's people are under attack. They find themselves in a great battle, I should say. And the Lord tells them, don't be afraid because they outnumber you. For the battle is not yours. Come on, the battle is not yours. It's God's. Come on, how many of you can say hallelujah and just right here say, the war is not mine to fight. I'm in a war, but it's not mine. Therefore, I can what? Well, go to the next verse. Verse 17, we're skipping a little bit. Watch what God says. You will not need to fight this battle because it's what? Not yours. Whose battle is it? It's God's battle. Watch what he says. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. 
See that I'm going to save you. Watch. Keep going with me. The salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. So how are they going to get this victory? They're going to let God fight. Now this is what happens next. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the Lord. And then he says, the praise was about the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army and were singing, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And you thought it was Chris Tomlin. No, that's God. That's his word that wrote that. Chris Tomlin just put it to another beat. And we enjoy it, amen? But look at how beautiful this is. You're going to go fight this amazing battle, and the first thing they do is say, do I have any tenors? Do I have sopranos? Altos, altos. Can I hear my altos sing? His love endures forever. Sing praise. Come on, sing praise. Come on, the last time you were in real trouble, did you break out in song? I'll tell you what most people do. Most people worry. They call their friends. They talk to their friends. They go to Google. (laughs) They look for answers everywhere. They take polls on Twitter. (laughs) They put it out there on Facebook. They act silly in so many different ways. And then they finally think, oh, shoot, I should pray. Last option, right? Last ditch effort. Hail Mary. Uh, That's not right. I shouldn't have said that. It sounds like I'm making fun of, no, I'm talking about the football. Never mind. I should just be quiet before I get in more trouble. Um, we, we use that as the last option. And then when we start to pray, all we can talk about is our problem. Can I tell you, when you praise, sometimes the problem goes away. Can I tell you there's story after story of story after in God's word where our perspective was changed by the problem and all we could see was the problem, but bigger than the problem was the provision and he's God. And when we begin to praise, we see the provision and we see the problem in light of God's powerful provision, powerful position, powerful, what, and, and, and it, It shrinks down to size. And so praise is so important. Watch 22. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir. And when they came against Judah, they were defeated. See, the Bible says in the book of of Psalms, Psalms 149, verse 9, to execute on them the written judgment. This is our right as believers to be part of what God is doing in the earth. But watch the second part. This honor have all his saints praise the Lord. Do you realize some people say, well, praise the Lord is an exclamation at the end. It can also be read, this is the honor of the saints to praise the Lord. Amen. So are we exercising the honor we have to to praise him? After we praise him, then we're led into to number three, petition. Petition is so important. Let your kingdom come, Matthew records. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
give us this day our daily bread. Notice how he has, he's not shy about saying, Lord, this is what I need. This is what's going on. This is what's happening, but not before he praises God. Because when he praises God, then he can see the power of God's provision. Amen. You say, well, how important is it to bring a petition before the Lord? The first John, first John 5, 14 and 15 say, say this. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. Watch this. This is the confidence we have when we bring our petitions. That if we ask according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked from. So what does that mean? It means that when you base your prayers on God's word, you can have confidence. What did we say at the very beginning? That the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of power leads us, empowers us, directs our prayers, and he will always do it based on God's word. And when we base it on God's word, we know that we can have confidence. But you know what else it gives us? Not just confidence, it gives us peace, which will be number four. Number four is peace. Read with me in Philippians chapter four, verse six and seven. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I want everybody to listen to me on this. God is saying, I want you to bring all of your worries to me. Isn't this what happens when we do that holy exchange we talked about last week? The holy exchange is this. Jesus said, give me all of your worries, all of your burdens, all the things that are stressing you out, and I'll give you my peace. This is the holy exchange that takes place with Christians, and we have that right to do so. And listen to what he says. He says, this peace is not found here on earth. It's a peace that what? What does it say? Transcends. Do you realize that the word transcends is a technical word in philosophy that means above and beyond. Above and beyond our our world. It goes beyond. And so God is saying, I'm going to give you something you cannot find. Talking to your friends, you cannot find, like we said on Google or, or YouTube. Somebody's going to YouTube going, how do I get through this? YouTube will tell you how to do everything. There's a video on it, right? There's an app for it. No, there's a prayer for it. Amen. There's a prayer for it. God's peace will transcend understanding. He'll give you a peace. And that's coupled with petition. You have to bring your petition to the Lord. When you bring your petition to the Lord based on his word, there is serious, serious, serious power there. I want, you to rem- I want to remind you of a story of Elijah. James reminds us of this in James 5, 17 and 18. Read with me. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Why does James include that? You know what James is saying? Because when we read the story of Elijah and he's calling down fire and he's stopping rain and he's calling it to rain again and he's doing all these miraculous things, we tend to think he was a superhero. You know, out on this wall, I have the the portrayal of David 
as a superhero. You know, I was going to do Elijah as a superhero. And then I read this verse and I said, I don't know if I want to make our kids think he's a superhero. Because James says he's a regular man, just like you and me. Why is James saying this? Because he wants you to connect with the power of prayer. He wants you to know Elijah's secret was not a secret. It's found in prayer. And this is, the, this is the key to Elijah's effective prayer. It's God's word. Turn in your Bibles with me to Deuteronomy 11. Because James said, watch this. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years and it didn't rain. And then when it was time for it to rain, he prayed that it would rain and it rained. He's a man that can control the weather. Oh, the weather's under the control of who? God, how can he do this? Well, if you go to Deuteronomy 6, listen to this. Take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you, and he shut up the heavens so that there be no rain on the land, and that it yield no produce, and you will perish quickly from the good land which God is giving you today. Elijah understood that God had promised Israel, their land, Judah, their land on a promise to be faithful. And under Jezebel and Ahab, the wicked king and queen, they were not being faithful. So Elijah says, based on your word, stop the rain, Lord. And it stops. Come on now. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Do I have some faith-filled prayer warriors that can say... Lord, bring rain on our land. Stop the rain until this government understands. (laughs) We're going to talk about our government next week because the Bible says we should pray for a righteous, just government. And do you realize if we did less complaining and more praying, maybe... Uh Uh-oh. Some of you that's not my... Well, I'll talk to you next week. But now that I gave you a warning, you better show up. <laughs> but listen, when it was time to rain, he based, when it's time to call forth rain, he based his prayer on what Solomon said in 1 Kings 8. Listen to what Solomon says that here. When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, you When they pray towards this, what place and confess your name and turn from their sin because you afflict them, then hear in heaven, O Lord, forgive the sins of your servants, your people, Israel, and you that you may touch them. How? And send rain. It's right there. And send rain. So Elijah says, shut it up because they're not repented. Let it come. They've repented. And it came. Do you realize you can pray the same thing? James says he was just a man. Let me show you what he did, though. He prayed on God's word. Amen. Number five. Protection. Protection. We're almost there. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I've already said that the devil is like a roaring lion. Looking for whom he may devour. Do you realize sometimes we give the devil way too much credit? If you're by the Lord, you don't have to worry about that fake lion. 
You serve the line of the tribe of Judah. You serve the line of the tribe of Judah. St. Augustine said, truth is like a lion. You don't have to stand out in front of it and try to protect it. All you have to do is open the cage up. It'll fight for itself. Open your prayer life up. Jesus will fight for you. The Lord will fight for you. Open your prayer life up. Amen. I want to share with you a story about protection. It's a story. It's a story very similar to the story I have here from 2 Kings 6, 8 through 12. The Syrian king wanted to attack Israel. But Israel had a prophet in the land named Elisha. Not Elijah, Elisha. Elisha came after Elijah. He took up Elijah's mantle and had a double portion of blessing. So he actually did twice the miracles that his predecessor did. And so you have Elisha is in the land and he's telling the king of Israel exactly what the king of Syria is planning. Now you'll see up here on the story, if you're reading behind me, that the king of Syria gets mad at his people because he thinks he has a traitor. Because the king of Israel keeps being one step ahead of him. His advisors say, no king, there's no traitor. What happened is there's a prophet in Israel that God reveals to him exactly what you say in your bedroom. Come on, how many of you know when you pray, God will protect you and he will give you insight, eyes to see, ears to hear exactly what you need so that you will not be harmed. So that you'll be where you need to be, when you need to be, how you need to be there for as long as you need to be there. And I can testify to this. We were taking a mission trip to Belize and we're going to have a huge, huge gathering in the town square where we're going to present the gospel on the platform there with loudspeakers and And in a third world country, you have to realize that when you have something like that, people just come out. They just come out. They don't like to be in the evening in their homes. They like to come out in the coolness of the air. And so they come out to the town square. And so we knew we were going to have literally hundreds, if not thousands, give their lives to to the Lord. There's a strong problem with alcoholism. We were praying against the spirit of alcoholism. We're praying that chains be broken. And so that, that day prior, we were going around handing out invites. And so most of the men stayed at the, at the church working on a church project. And we took most of the ladies with us. It was, it was me and two other men with most of the ladies from the group. Well, that night prior to going out to give out the the invites, I felt this, this tremendous pressure to pray. And I just kept praying and kept praying and kept praying. Pastor Melissa woke up and she prayed with me and we just prayed for our group and we just, we couldn't shake it. We just prayed God's protection, protection, protection as we praised him and praised him and praised him. Well, that next day, we walk into the square where we've been, we've been inviting for about two hours now. And all of a sudden, the spirit of the Lord falls upon me in a different way. I just feel something happening. All, have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt when God is quickening your spirit, like something's not right, he wants to get your attention. And immediately I have eyes to see and ears to hear. And I can see the entire, it felt awesome. I mean, you could see the entire courtyard. I could see from from corner to corner. And I'm standing there going like, what is going on, Lord? And I see this gentleman. He's very angry. And he's looking at one of our guys with anger. And I'm going, okay. And then I see this gentleman. He's signaling to another gentleman who's signaling to another gentleman. And they're doing, and I'm like, Brady. 
And Brady's dancing because they always have music <laughs> in Belize. And he's dancing. I'm like, Brady, where's Michael? He's in there installing smoke detectors detectors because there had been a big fire that had caused the lives of many. And so we brought with us hundreds of smoke detectors to install. He's installing a smoke detector. I said, get him now. So Brady goes in there and he grabs Michael by his backpack to dragging him out. I said, get in the van, get the girl, get the ladies together. Come on, let's go now. Meanwhile, these guys see, they start moving. They start jumping in their cars, moving towards us. I back out our van quickly. I jump in the car. They start chasing us. They didn't catch us. They let go of the chase. Two, I would say, 10 to 12 minutes later, right there, two people were gunned down. So I don't know if they came back, disappointed, upset. And they were agitated and ended up shooting each other. I don't know what happened. All I know is God protected us. Amen. Now, some of you are going, oh my goodness, I'm never going on a mission trip ever. You're missing the point. It's about protection. (laughs) Amen. It's about protection. And God's word is true. Number six, proclamation. So watch how he ends the model prayer. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Do you realize when you start proclaiming God's goodness at the end of any of your prayers, you're you're expressing the fact that it is done. In God's name. It's done in God's name. Listen to how powerful your words are. The Bible says in Proverbs 6, 2, that we are snared by our words. Taken what? You are taken by the words of your mouth. Taken captive. That you can either advance your prayer and call it done in faith, or you can tear it all down by saying, well, it's not going to happen anyway. We need to be We need to be mindful of proclaiming God's goodness over whatever situation we're praying. Listen, death and life are in the power of of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. What are you declaring in your prayer? Are you declaring victory? Are you declaring victory? Are you believing that God's power will reign supreme? Do you realize that when God's people get together and they pray in power, things happen. Things happen. This is where I'll finish. In the book of Acts, chapter 12, there's a powerful story about King Herod is rounding up disciples, men of God, and he's putting them to death because the crowd is pleased. It's a political move, completely. Completely. And he rounds up Peter. And he's firmly planning to kill him or hurt him. And the church begins to pray. The Bible says, it's right behind me, you can read it, but I'm going to go quickly through it. The church begins to pray and an angel shows up. Do you know that the book of Hebrews says in chapter 1 that the angels are assigned as ministering agents of the gospel? That's what he says. And here you see it. Because the angel comes, the Bible says, and he, he, he taps Peter on the side and wake him up. Now, I've always wondered, did he do it like this? Did he go like this? Or did he take his sword and go, pow? I, I don't know. Maybe I didn't read it closely enough. But that's what I'm thinking in my mind. And Peter wakes up and he says, get ready. We're leaving. And as Peter gets up, watch this. The chains fall off. Come on, is there anyone here that needs some chains falling off? Anyone here that needs to... 
needs to proclaim victory and say, you know what? Today, 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 spiritual strongholds, curses that have lasted for generations are broken in the name of Jesus. Send your angels to set us free, Lord. Today, my family follows a new legacy. Amen. So watch this. He wakes up, he goes with the angel. When the angel has him free and clear, he disappears. And you think, wow, that's enough to praise God for. But I want, to, I want you to go to verse 21. Because the story actually ends this way. And on a certain day, Herod, this evil king, decides to dress up in his royal apparel. He sits upon his throne and he makes an oration to the people. When the people hear him, they begin to shout saying, it's the voice of a God. This is not just a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him. What is smote? I don't know what smote is, but I do know this. I don't want it. Because this is what happens next. He got smote. That, that, that'd be funny if you'd be like, man, I'm going to smote you. No, I'm just kidding. That, that's just like, a, I just never heard that. Either way, keep going with me. I'm reading out of the King James. The Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and he gave up his ghost. That means he died in a moment. And dropped the mic. Done. But that's not the end. Read that last verse. But the word of God grew and multiplied. You know why? Because when God's people want to advance God's kingdom and they come together in prayer, God sends angels, God moves with his own right hand, God does whatever he needs to do to accomplish what his people are asking for according to his word. What is it in your life that you need to pray for? Please don't pray that someone will be smoted. We'll pray next week for our government and for our nation and we'll see that God brings good people as a response to his church praying for government but before we get to there I want to ask you who's on your heart that you're praying for salvation for are there friends so there's something very powerful about coming together in prayer and asking God to use our church and our assembly to advance his kingdom. Do you realize that our online audience is twice as big as our in-person audience? just keeps growing and the kingdom is being advanced and I would love for you guys to help me pray for it that nothing but nothing would get in the way of God advancing his kingdom through the preaching of his word I want to pray for you what is it that you're doing that you're getting obstacles, or you're getting opposition, is it part of advancing his kingdom that we need to pray together and say, 
Lord, make a way. If you're praying, listen to me very closely. If you're praying for someone in your family to come to Jesus, I want to know about it because I want to pray with you. If you're praying that God would use your business, that God would use your family, that God would use you in a very specific way to advance the kingdom, to advance the gospel, we want to know as a church because we want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. Do you realize that there are people in this church that have huge burdens for their family, huge burdens for their neighborhood, huge burdens for their, for their coworkers. They're doing Bible study in, in, in their job. They're doing all kinds of things. We want to pray with you. And today we say thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Come on, let's partake together. Thank you. For your glory, Lord. Thank you for giving your body to be broken and your blood to be shed. Until you return, we celebrate. Maranatha, Lord Jesus. Amen. Church, have a great, great week. Hey, FCM, before everyone heads out, I have a few announcements for you. First of all, I love what Pastor said. We really do want to pray with you. And if you have loved ones, if you have friends, coworkers who you're praying that they receive Jesus Christ as salvation, email us at info at myfcm.org, their names, so we can add them to our prayer list. Also, a really amazing opportunity is our Friendsgiving celebration. On your way out, everyone's going to be handed a couple of invites. This is for you to save the date, but this is also for you to invite someone who doesn't have a church or maybe one of your friends you're praying for. It's going to be a great time. It's going to take place on... On um, November the 21st. So save that date to your calendar. It's a wonderful fall event. I love you, FCM. Take this message, listen to it again, share it on social media because there is power in prayer. You guys be blessed and have a great week.